You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Game 7. That's all that needs to be said. We're going to talk about it right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kortfeld and Scott Weinhardt. Episode 49 of Orange and Backcheck. The Flyers continue to give us nightmares and heartache, and then they pull it out of us to celebrate with them as they now have won Game 6 in double overtime. Ivan Provorov scores the game winner. We're on to Game 7 Saturday night. Scott... Are, are you alive or are you clinging on to dear life? How, how are you feeling? I am amazing right now. They've won three games in overtime. We talked about how this is going to be the most heart-wrenching, like crazy cardiac series ever. They've won all three of their games in overtime, two of them in overtime while facing elimination. I mean, this has been some of the best hockey and the best entertainment that we've seen in almost a decade. So how am I doing? I'm doing friggin' fantastic, Bill. I'm doing friggin' fantastic. Which is a complete 180 from what you texted me. Oh, let's see. When did you text? At 10.54, just moments before Ivan Provorov scored the game winner, you texted me, Bill, you're evil. Yeah, and you you know why? Go to the context. For context, it's because we talked to each other right before the start of game of the overtime, the first overtime, and you were asking me how I was because I said in in the last episode, if we go to another overtime in game six, I'm going to have a heart attack and die. Uh, So you wanted to check in on my health, and right before we hung up after I said I was fine, I said, by the way, Scott, this is going to double overtime. You so did. I might hand up my fault right there, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I just hung up on him. I just, I just hung <laughs> up on him when he said that. And that's exactly what happened. We get the double overtime. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding. Me. My wife is sitting next to me. She goes, he said, we were going to double overtime. He got it right. I said, yeah, I understand that. I know that. Thank you. honey. <laughs> 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 it, it's she, like we're it's like we're the second marriage we don't want to admit the other person's right we just kind of right. like let it go hey listen i i'm glad you're right i saw people freaking out on facebook twitter saying this game was over it was trash and everybody just need to hang in there i right? just enjoy the ride man and no matter where it takes you just enjoy it and this has been the most enjoyable playoffs i have seen this team play yeah, since the 2010 final, there's just no even before no, you're right. that. You're, really, before that, honestly, the probably the 0708 team. I mean, 
Granted, it's only a couple of seasons there, but they, we haven't had this much fun watching this team. And the fact how they were just – I thought I thought they were going to get do- – I thought they were going to dominate tonight after, after really seeing how they took it to the Islanders last game. I thought they were going to really, like, take it to them. The Flyers got dominated. I mean, shots were 53-31 to 31 final. Like, Carter Hart made 49 saves, had a 9-2-5 save percentage. It's absurd. Played 94 minutes and 46 seconds. And the Flyers only had 31 shots. They had four goals when they had 14 shots on the board. So Varlamov had a really bad night. Um, but it's just crazy how this team just just they, no they're not they weren't gonna give up like ever. They ever they're just not a team that's gonna quit. But the, the fact that this team did not have Sean Couturier, their top center, arguably their best player, and they battled through, score four goals, and win it in double overtime. I mean how could you not put your 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 money on this team? They're just they're, they're just the Islanders. That was the best game they played all series, and it yeah, wasn't even close. Yeah, like I I think what people like uh, people are going to look at that shots number, the the discrepancy there, and what's the good sign was what as soon the Flyers outshot them throughout the entire both overtimes. It didn't feel like that uh, for sure, especially because of how overtime flows. The defensive players sit back. They don't really pinch a lot. The Flyers defensemen actually started to pinch in the second period uh, quite more often than than not. But it, when you're starting to outshoot the other team in the overtime, that's when you're starting to feel get a feel for how this game's going to go. Did, did are, they, are the Flyers a little bit lucky that they made it to overtime? Eh, yeah, but Scott Lawton's tying goal was the one of the filthiest moves I've seen all season yeah. uh, to tie this thing up. So, like, I, I can't – you can't call it lucky when Scott Lawton's putting the dangles on like that to make this thing a tie game at four at the time. Um, but for sure, I, I, I think the biggest thing was you felt the presence of how important uh, Sean Couturier is. I'm one of those people that says Sean Couturier is the most important, best player on this team. He's the most important. He plays 200 feet of hockey. He plays on all three facets of the game, power play, penalty kill, and five on five. You really felt his loss tonight, and it's going to be a big problem to replicate what they did tonight in game seven on Saturday night if they still don't have uh, Sean Couturier. I think Couturier plays regardless. Unless it's more severe than we expected, it had to be pretty bad if he's not playing tonight. Yeah, like, man. You've got to think he's going to be dressed. I mean, look, I, as as and I, the coolest thing was seeing Oscar Lindblom come back. Let's not overlook that at all. Oscar Lindblom plays his first game six months or eight months after being diagnosed with cancer. Um, that's beyond fantastic. I am glad the kid is back. He's going to be continuing his, his career. You could tell it was his first game back. He was quite a few strides behind tonight, a couple of players. But regardless, the fact he's playing it is awesome. But if he's got to, you know, come out of the lineup for for Couturier for this game seven, I mean, this is this is arguably the most important game coming up for Claude Giroux, Jake Voracek, even Sean Couturier. This is the most important game in their careers, and there's no question about it. Now you've got a team where you've battled back at them down three one. And look, the Islanders, you can look at the shots. The Islanders played a great game tonight. They controlled the channel, but the game, the Flyers really played patient hockey and waited till the Islanders made mistakes and took advantage of their chances off the other rush, going the rush the other way. That's how you beat this team. You have to play patient. The Islanders threw their best at them tonight, and they were trying to knock them out. And now they got to go play another game against this team again. I can tell you that locker room, they're, they're trying to move past it. But at the same time, you're human. When you go into a game seven with yep. a three-one series lead, 
you're you're playing with fire there, letting this team hang around. So I I you know I, again I predicted Islanders in seven. I'm not budging off that. It's just that th- this Flyers team has it, it goes back to what you talked about in all the lot all the lot of podcasts over the past month here. The depth the depth really showed up tonight. Hayes yep. scored. AVR scored. Konechny's due. He's going to score in Game Seven. Konechny's due. Michael Raffle scored. Scott Lawton scored. Pro like. These are guys that you expect to step up early in the series, and now they're doing it, and that's when you need them. And it's, I, I, I it's some even for me. Sometimes I'm at a loss of words because it's like I don't know how Vigneault is doing this, but being able to rally these guys and just get them to play patient hockey and and take advantage of their chances, you got to think Samuel Varlamov is not a very confident guy right now, giving no. up four goals on that, and that's something you need to take advantage of early in the next game. Yeah, I mean, he's only stopped in the regular regulation today, as you said, 10 of 14. Like, that's that's not fun for a goalie to be going up against. And like I said, and he wasn't on it tonight, but I predicted he was on a short leash in, in our last episode. And it's not that he was on a short leash, but he gave in – a, in a put it this way, in a regular season, he's pulled after the third goal or the th- fourth goal f- without a doubt in the regular season. Playoffs are a little bit different. They're a different uh, animal. About that, I don't know. This is still a back and I, forth yeah. game. You don't, you don't, you don't pull a goalie in a back and forth game. You do it to get your bench going. You score three goals at that point. You, you don't really need to pull him there. Was it a bad goal to give him that time? Yeah, but he was partially screened. It was a great shot, a great play. Um, really, the only bad goal was the was probably the this the tying goal, the second goal where you know they challenged for the interference, which was a bad call by the way because they get paid for it with a with a with a goal that and got scored on right after. But that one trickled through. But listen, there, there's there's no reason to give Egg Harder Hart any type of crap whatsoever because the kid made a career high forty nine saves. So yeah, you can't knock and, him for it. And he was he, he saved the season four or five times that overtime. And somehow Keith Jones, who decided on the three stars tonight for NBC Sports Network. Didn't have him as a, one of the three stars. I, I yeah, like. I, I know. It's, it, I know that it, it's very arbitrary. The three stars, and it's a little bit of nitpicky. But like, I get that he he gave the third star to Oscar Limblom, who, as we said, it, it was amazing to see him back. First game since December seventh. He played seventeen minutes of ice time. He had two hits, uh, according to the stat line. I mean, fine. It's it's a it's a feel good type of thing, and it's arbitrary. But at the end of it. The reason the Flyers are playing on Saturday is not just because Provorov potted the game-winning goal. It's because Carter Hart kept them in this game for 60 minutes in the regulation and then into overtime for whatever amount of t- the, the additional 27 minutes or t- uh, nearly 30 minutes it was. 35 minutes. 35 minutes. Yeah. Like, it, there's, it, you got to give the credit to Carter Hart when it's due. And Carter Hart played out of his mind. Yeah, I mean, he, he did, did it two games in a row now where he's had not just saves to save the season, but saves that win the season in overtime, in playoff hockey overtime. That is the highest of highest pressure that you can have on one's self. And Carter Hart at 22 can come in here and act like he's Patrick Wobb, been playing this game for like 15 seasons already, when it's really been a really barely two seasons. Uh, and he just stands on his head, and his composure is something we have not, I, we said it time and time again, we have not seen this in a long, long time since the days of rookie Ron Hextall. Uh, you're absolutely right, and they haven't seen a goalie play this confident probably ever in this city. Uh, it's 
to to be a 22 year old kid. Let's let's be real about that. He's a kid. Be a 22 year old kid in a high pressure city, playing the most chastised position in all the sports. Multiply that by 10 in Philadelphia to be able to come in here. And people were knocking him early, said, "Oh, he doesn't have it today. He doesn't look right." It's not about the goals you give up sometimes. You're going to get beat. Like You're going to get scored on. It's part of the game. But when a tight game like that, it's bailing your team out when you need to. There was someone on Twitter, cracked me up. He goes, oh, the Flyers are relying too much on uh, Carter Hart on the on the penalty kill to be their best uh, best player. And I, 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 But what do I know? And I'm not going to mention the handle because I'm not giving a shout out. But I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. Flyer fans always say, wait, when do we actually get a goalie? And then you start complaining when you have a goalie that's doing its job. Your goalie is your best penalty killer. The shots get to the net, your goalie's got to keep them out. So nobody should be complaining at all. Everybody gets way too emotional with this stuff, and it cracks me up because, like, my buddies are texting me the whole time, this team's trash, I can't believe the Islanders are all over them. Just, like, watch the game, and look where we're at now. We're going to game seven. Like, everybody chill, just enjoy it. Like, you're seeing – this team like really take major steps, whether it happens this year or whatnot. We hope it does. We hope they move on to the next round. We hope that they play Tampa. We hope they can move on after that, but they got to get through game seven first. But even so, th- this team is showing a lot more of their character of a young team. These guys are young players of how of a of their character now and for them to be able to battle through this adversity and give them an opportunity now to win the series. Um, this is, this is awesome. This is setting them up for success for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. I mean, that's any experience is good experience in hockey, especially at the young age that this team is with its core at this point, or, uh, like it's just any time that you can force it, like it's not going to be, it's not easy in itself winning a game seven. It's not winning. It's not easy winning a game seven, especially when you're a young goalie like like Carter Hart is or a young player. Well, Joel Farabee was out today. That was the other scratch uh, because it looked like he might have a concussion uh, after that hit he sustained in game five. But like these young guys, any experience is good experience. There's a reason that they're turning to Claude Giroux. There's the reason they're looking to Claude Giroux and JVR to lead them through this deficit that they've now evened up because they were here in 2010 when they made the immaculate, unthinkable happen and beat Boston after going down 3-0 twice in the series and in the game seven. So yeah, you're right. Like any, any experience that this team is getting is going to help them not necessarily to win the cup this year or face uh, or beat uh, just Tampa in game in the Eastern conference finals, but in next season, two years from now, who knows where we're, what we're talking about of how good this team is in two years, just based on what they're doing right now in the bubble in Toronto. Right, but still, I'm just making the point that this, that this is this is really good for their overall like, team growth, yeah. and, and and it's going to be really helpful for them because they know how to. They've had the experience of having to dig their heels in and back themselves out against when they're really, you know, against the wall. That's going to set them up for a lot of success down the line. These, I mean, it's a it's a it's a mentality thing to get over. Like, it's not easy being down three one in a series and then coming back and give yourself an opportunity to win. It's not easy also being up in a series and all of a sudden you got to fend a team off that just won't go away and you can't close out. It messes with your confidence. So um I I, I tell you man it, it this is 
This is one of the coolest things that we've been able to watch. The fact that it's early September, and in a normal year, these teams would just be getting to training camp now, that this team is actually making a push to try to get to the conference final. I, I mean, and we're seeing some of the best hockey some of these guys play, and we have a we have a goalie. Like, there's no question about it now. Carter Hart has established himself as a guy who's going to be here a long time. There's just no question in my mind. The way this kid has just handled all this pressure, um, he, just, he's just going to be here for a long time and be the guy. And this is, um, this is, this is good. It just, I tell you, man, like you, you can go into a lot of more detail about this game, but to say the word proud is, is an understatement. How proud I am of this team to be able to, uh, step up and, and go against a team that's clearly outmatched them and clearly playing a much better bring game of hockey. But defensively, they've clamped down. They wait for their opportunities. They come off the rush. They take advantage of their opportunities. They're not, they're not missing them. And now, you know, you have another team on the other side who just who can't figure out how to close it out. And that's, that's not at a position you want to be in. I, again, I won't change my prediction. I won't do it. Um, but let's just hope that they can win a game in regulation and not go to a yeah. game seven overtime It'd because be really I, nice. we barely survived another. I don't know if we can survive another one. Yeah, I've seen I one mean, game seven overtime in my life. I never want to experience it again. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I said the Flyers in six, so I guess by default I, I got to just move it up a game or down a game to game seven in Philly. But, like, I'll be honest, man, I'm so nervous about this because – um. Well, no, before we get into why I'm nervous, I want to get into Varlamov. We touched on him a little bit, and then we kind of get, went on a, 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 a good tangent because I think Carter Hart's the story here. But Varlamov is on the other side of this. I think, mm-hmm. as we were talking about, 10 of 14 shots in the first uh, in the first three periods before he finally gave up the the uh, it, it, before he gave up the, the 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 game winner to Provorov in overtime. Uh, that he's going in the other direction. We talked about it after game. I guess it was game four, maybe even game five. They well, got game him two. moving. Game, yeah, game maybe two. game two. Like he, it, it, you really started to see him break, especially after the the shut. They finally broke his shutout streak that carried over from the Washington series. Like once his confidence was broken or his streak was broken, his confidence was shaken, and I think we really saw that tonight. Um, no, they did not shutout streak. That's what happens. Yeah. You, they didn't get a lot of shots on net tonight, but in the first three periods, but they still were able to get enough past him that it's it, I, I like if if they can win tomorrow to Saturday night, it's because they're going to get they have to do exactly what they did today. They have to get to him early. They have to score early. And that's exactly. And it's a even if it can be the top line, the top six, more power to him because that'll break that break him even quicker uh, on Saturday night. If it can be again, JVR or Claude Giroux or any one of those top six guys that can get early and often in the first 10 minutes because they weathered the storm. Uh, as we said, they weathered the Flyers, weathered the storm and the Islanders playing desperate tonight. Uh, now they got to replicate exactly that as well because that's how they're going to win this. Right. But let's go back to Varlamov again and talk about it because early on in the game, I noticed he wasn't really settled. Now, when you give up an early goal, you don't see a lot of shots. Goalies can't get into a rhythm. The more shots you see, the more into a rhythm a goalie gets. What was key for me was in the second period. There was a play where a shot hit him and it bounced and it sat at the top of the crease and JVR was crashing that and he just stood there. Like he, it was, he could have just went to his knees and he could have just pounced on it and he didn't. And I'm thinking, 
wow, he, he, he's he got brain lock right now. Like, legit, like, it happens as a goalie. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you get – sometimes, for whatever reason, you just get, like, brain lock. Like, I'll give you a, a perfect example. Like, uh, this past – compare my men's league game to the NHL, just make an example. This past <laughs> Sunday, near the end of the second period, a shot was flipped in. I thought it was going wide. My guy hit it with a stick, and it just came right at me. And I'm just looking at it. I didn't move. I just looked at it. It literally just slid between my legs. And it just brain like I did not know what to do. Like, I just like, that's not supposed to happen. It's supposed to go to the corner. Why is it coming at me? I mean, this thing was going like a half mile an hour and it still slipped past me. I didn't mean I got, I got bounced up. I didn't move, but Varlamov did the same exact thing. He's looking at this puck and he's in his stance. And I'm like, why isn't he pouncing on it? Like whack at it. It'll go in. And like, all of a sudden, finally, it wasn't until someone got close to their neck and the, and the puck finally moved that he finally bounced on it. But it, early on, I saw that he was not really into a rhythm. And when you don't see a lot of shots and a lot of action because they were the, the Islanders were taking it to the Flyers, when you're only seeing a shot every once in a while, you can't feel the puck. You can't get into a groove. You're off your angles. And especially when a team comes the other way and cashes in with your chances, you feel like you can't do anything right. And it's not something that doesn't carry over it it does like sometimes like when you're out there you might try to clear your head you might try to um it might try to move past it but it's always in the back of your mind until you get over the hump um getting over the hump is a win and they haven't been able to do that so the longer this goes on the less confident he's going to be i don't think they'll go to grice in the situation out of game seven varley's their starter uh, but still, you, you got to think like Varley's if the Flyers come out hot and heavy early and get him into a flow early. That's the, probably the worst thing they could do. But you can't play the, you know, the oh, we're just going to get him off the rush and take chances with it like you did tonight overall. But Varlamov, his confidence has got to be crushed right now. It has to be. There's just there's no way that you can see as little action as you did tonight still lose when your team outplayed. And when your goalie doesn't play well, the team isn't as confident. So. There'll be a lot of lip service and saying, yeah, we're confident in our goalie and all that stuff. But really, these guys know, like, oh, like, great. We got to be careful because anything going the other way is going to get into the net and it gets them overthinking. And really, the Flyers are playing loose because they know they've battled back and they know that they can take advantage of this. So, um, yeah, it's, it's that's going to be the key. Yeah, it's it's similar to 2010. Like by the time they got to Game Seven against Boston in 2010, they were very loose. They tightened up once they went down one nothing, two nothing, then fo- then finally three nothing before Laviolette finally took that timeout. But it, 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 to that same scenario, they're very, playing very very loose. They're very confident. Their top six is finally starting to wake up. You saw JVR score tonight. That that's always a confidence booster. I mean, Oscar Lindblom just being in the lineup. Like I didn't even expect him to cross 10 minutes of ice time and he put in 17 that is a confidence boost jake voracek scored a goal tonight or no he had an assist sorry claude Giroux had an assist tonight like these guys like kevin hayes finally getting everyone on the top six finally getting there and the fact that they're they dominated yes they got dominated on the shots but they are still continuously night in and night out Winning the face-off battle. They are winning. They won tonight 56%. That doesn't sound like a big margin, but it is in the grand scheme of things because if you're winning the majority of the face-offs, you are controlling the pace of play and your zone, especially if uh, if you're taking it in the offensive zone. And that is 
90% of the battle, in my opinion. If you can control the zone, you're going to control a lot of the game. And the Flyers, you saw that because they were winning faceoffs at the at the opportune moments. That's why they, they won. That's why they won today because Voracek, or excuse me, I think it was Claude maybe. I can't remember who the center was. But they won the faceoff that helped set up. Uh, uh, Ivan Provorov today and that's what we saw uh, as if you're winning faceoffs you're controlling the pace of play more often than not bingo and you got your guys playing a lot of minutes and stepping up too Giroux actually worked really hard tonight you know people are knocking him I don't know what you were looking at because without without Couturier he really has to take over that center role because he's got the most experience tonight Lawton looked like he fit perfectly on the first line it's not a long-term thing but he looked like he worked for now but Giroux played over 31 minutes tonight Ivan Provorov led the team 38 minutes, 15 seconds, Whoa, right man. behind the Miskin in 37.05. Like, they played hard tonight. They played a hard, grinded-out game, but these are the types of games you need to win if you're going to go deep. Like, these are the types of – not because your back's against the wall, but these style of games. There's games you're going to get outplayed. You got to fend it off. You, you played a tough defensive effort tonight. Everybody chipped in. I saw Giroux. You're not really supposed to it, it, it sometimes. Like he, he dropped below the dots, got in the corner there behind um, Provorov to free up. They swung a lot. They were losing a lot of they, – they, they, they knew where each other were on the ice on the defensive side. They weren't allowing a lot of great chances to get to the net, and when they did, they were tying up sticks, knocking the puck off sticks. Uh, the Islanders didn't have a lot, of, a lot of space to work with at all, and that was really a credit to this team really buying into the defensive concept that, okay, they're hounding us. We need to hold them off as much as we can until we get our chance, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so th- having your guys step up just by getting points isn't the biggest thing. The fact that everybody chipped in and bought into the defensive game, uh, that's bigger than anything else. No, you're hundred percent right. Like that's where I, I, I'm confident, but I'm still I, I I'm saying Flyers win because I had them winning in six uh initially leading into this series. So like just naturally I have them winning in seven. Um but a lot of things have to go right because yeah, we talked about how a lot of confidence is going in, but they're be- they've exuberated a lot of energy over the last uh, 48 hours, 72 hours. And now you did back-to-back overtimes. One of them is a double overtime. Like, yeah, the Islanders have played the same amount of minutes as you, but to battle back the way the Flyers have, um, it's just – it takes a lot out of you. Uh, like I went to, like I talked about earlier, I, I or in earlier episodes, I'm always nervous about the team that's climbing back because that it takes a lot of energy to climb back into that uh, to get even, and then by the time you're even, you're, you've exuberated all your energy, and it's over by the time you're you're there, and the the team that you came back against ends up being the winning the winning team. So that's my hesitation for Agreed. being full in on the Flyers uh, for Saturday Agreed. night. But I, but again, it's this momentum thing. As long as the Flyers continue to have momentum, and I'll say it again, they are the better team on paper. Have they been playing like it? Of course not. They like night in and night out. They have not been playing like the better team. They've had moments where they played better the, as the better team, but on the whole, the Islanders are clearly the better team in throughout this series. Even though we're going into a game seven, all evened up, 
but the Islanders have been playing consistently top four lines. They're not, they're getting a lot of production out of their captain Lee, uh, Clutterbuck, all of those guys, uh, Eberly. These guys are coming into play and not to say the Flyers aren't, but they, they, they jump out to these leads. I guess again, they weathered the storm in the first 10 minutes. They had a good first period. They went up two one, uh, or, or two nothing. And then they just kind of – it felt like – it always feels like they just sit back. And that's just been a theme for the Flyers over the last decade plus. And it's just something that no matter who the coach is, it always seems to be a thing that they do. And that's – you can't do that in Game 7. You have to be playing a full 60 in a Game 7 especially. Agreed. And I think you're right that you do have to be concerned that did the Flyers use up all their all their energy tonight? Did they have whatever's left in the tank? Is it gone? No, I I don't think so, and I think that if anything, it's vice versa. I think the I mm-hmm. think the Islanders threw everything they had at the Flyers tonight. They still couldn't beat them. Yeah, because um, they had to put them away. I, yeah, I I think the Islanders are going to come out a little flat. You're talking about the defensive thing as far as the Flyers like kind of sitting back on early leads. That's just the ebb and flow of the game. If you get down early, benches seem to wake up. If they don't get off to good starts, they'll wake up after a while and start playing their game, start attacking a little harder, and it just it it it. That's this part of the flow. That's what happens. So um, I wouldn't look too much into that. That's just the. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, look at the Flyers. I mean, look, look how at some points they just dominated the overtime. They just completely dominated the other team. So, and there was nothing the Islanders doing differently. They're just getting in there and getting their type of hockey played. Um, getting in the corners, digging out pucks. You know, Flyers are using a lot of the rim play, and I, I really like the strategy behind that because what's happening is that a lot of the high-low plays, it's opening up space in the middle, and it, it's working for the Flyers, especially when you start scrambling around late in games. You know, you're you're missing a little bit of assignments here. I'm talking about the Islanders defensively, so like – you know, take it down. Like for instance, in overtime, there was a couple chances that one that almost crossed the goal line. They had to play down low behind the net. They cycled around top. Top didn't shoot. They cycled it back down. That allows a lot more players to gain space in the middle. So when you do get a chance out in front, there's a lot more space there because guys are all low. You forget about the guy who's at the point man who can move it lower to the slot, like Proby did on the goal, and have a wide open play to put a puck goal in that. That's what you're working for. You're working for it to. Pull the defenseman out of the position so you can gain more space for it. So the game plan's working. It's just that when you give up possession like that, a lot of times it looks like you're just playing passive because the other team is getting better on the retrieval. So that's ultimately what it comes down to. The Flyers aren't really changing their style of game offensively. They tried to they're 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 getting more chances off the rush because it's available to them. But when they have a chance, they're still trying to establish a forecheck. They're still trying to get in there and do the dirty work in order to create those plays up top for your point, man, because a lot of offense is driven from them, whether you want to tip play down low, whether it's simple, simple hockey. They're not trying to do anything fancy. It's good north-south hockey. It fits for them. And right now it's working. So um, It's working, but – it's working, but at the same time, in their defensive zone, a lot of these goals that the Islanders have had is off terrible turnovers. You saw one, yeah, because uh, they, they force them. They force them because of their forecheck. That's that's the point of a forecheck to turn the puck over, and it's some of the younger defensemen who are just who are trying to play the puck out because they're pressured, and you know they're they're you know hearing footsteps like a quarterback does or something along those lines in football. And, you know, they, they, they dump it out a little early. 
when you see that once the game progressed, they got a little more patient with it. They just have to turn down the mistakes, and their defensive game would actually be pretty solid. They just they can't give a lot of space to those guys, and you saw that later in the game when they played more with their sticks and trying to knock pucks out of the way and gain possession and skate it out of the zone rather than make a first-pass breakout. So um, it, if the Flyers can work it that way, it'll look a lot cleaner than it actually was. But those turnovers are glaring because that's what the Islanders do. They're a patient team. They take advantage of turnovers. So that's why it looks really bad because every mistake they have ends up in the back of their net because that's just how the Islanders play. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'm spe- specifically the Sanheim turnover that led to, I believe, it was the 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 third or fourth goal for the Islanders was especially egregious. Like he just made no effort; he just put it right into the center of the slot or the top of the point, and it just set them up perfectly for that goal. And Carter Hart had no chance. None right. of the goals that Carter Hart had tonight were that led up tonight were his fault at all. Like nah, he's the second uh, one he should have had. Thought so. Yeah, yeah. I, I get don't your know. stick down. Get your, it snuck between his five hole, and he had to. If he yeah. had a stick down, even though there's a guy coming for him, I understand he was looking out for that. But if a guy's coming, still get your stick down. It was a. It was just a dribbler that went through. He should have stopped that. Fair enough. I. I just, but uh, again, the guy made 49 saves. I'm not going to knock him for anything. So right. It's tough to. He, he it's tough to find that one save. To, yeah. yeah. It's so, tough to bitch about a 22-year-old kid that just saved your season twice in two nights. It's not tough. You just don't do it. Like you know, if, if he had lost the game, you could dive deeper into it. But the thing yeah. is, he, you know, I'll, I'll use I'll use my my catchphrase. The point is, the kid kept the puck out of the net in overtime. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's all I got to really, say about that. Finally, really I say awful. the point is, and I got straight to the point about it. Here we go. See, things are so happening. proud of you. Fly, flyers, flyers are playing, coming back. <laughs> I'm learning proper grammar. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, like, so let's. Uh, well, this is funny. 24 minutes ago, Jake Voracek just tweeted, "Twitter, why so much hate?" And then six question marks. <laughs> well, I love. Seriously, Jake. yeah. I've I've had. I've always I've knocked Jake for a lot of years. I, I, I say this a couple. I've said this a couple times. I've knocked Jake for a lot of years because I always knew he had an extra gear in him. He's been a monster this playoff. He's right? been like the, the most consistent also, top six guy with that because he's moving his feet. Whatever they've gotten, he's getting back into the defensive end. He's not making stupid mistakes. You know, every once in a while he'll make not a bonehead play, but he'll he'll flub a puck or two. But it is what it is. But when the guy is up on his skates and he just doesn't stop skating, he is a force. And when he could back checks, he becomes a force. So, you know, I don't know where this has been for the longest time, but he's just been, you're right, the most consistent player they have had. And it's, he's not, you have, he doesn't have any, any goals in the series to show for it. He only might have only a couple points here in this series. But he's been the most dominant forward out there because he's relentless on the puck and he's just playing a style where he's just not caring and just going for it. So I, I love seeing that. I don't know how I don't know how Vigneault got that extra gear out of him, but man, am I glad it's there. Yeah, I mean that's really what it comes down to the, the fact that he it just was able he because if put it this way if Jake Voracek was playing like the other top uh, six members of of the line of the Flyers for the for the playoff for the first round and this round I don't even think that they're playing in the first in this in this round against the the Islanders I I think he's been right. that important for this team right. uh, he may not be scoring goals night in night out but he's. He's he's playing 200 feet of hockey that is 
the most important when your other five members of your top six are struggling as they have been up until probably game four or game five of this series. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it finally, now that you've got your 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 top six finally contributing, Michael Raffle, he got another goal. He's got four in the playoffs. I mean, good for him. So he's, yeah, he's another one that, that, that presence has been really good. And it's good that he looked healthy. I mean, yeah, yeah that's uh, that weird. I think it was a, the knee on knee. Well, Couture is obviously dealing with the knee on knee, which I, which we'll hopefully know more about as we go on. I'm I really hope he does because I, as I said, I really hope that that thing is not torn because those knee on knee things are so scary. And you never know what's going to happen. But with Raffle, it's good that he's healthy because I think he went into the boards a little funky, if I remember correctly. Um, and it's just it's just nice that he was able to, to come out and just look look himself for sure. Uh, uh, that was good to see. Yeah, it absolutely was. You know, he was a little bit – he's not in game shape, with all due respect to him. He's You understand why. He was a couple strides behind, but, you know, he didn't back away from any physical contact. He tried to – he had a shot in overtime. I think it caught the outside of the post, so it's not like he's – not trying to play his game. It's just going to take him a little bit to get into it. The beginning of the season, he'll be back to his old former self. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that. But Kateri- yeah, that's what's scary, though. That's, what, that's what's nervous because if you're playing this same roster, so just under the assumption that Farabee and Kateri are out again, um, to have two guys again that are clearly not in game shape just yet. And it's not a knock on them. It's just they haven't been healthy. We had a, we've had a guy face, face and battle cancer all throughout this, this entire season since December. And, and, uh, and, and then in, 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 uh, Michael Roffel just have a weird leg injury or knee injury to expect them to be in game shape in game six and game seven of, of the second round of the playoffs is unfair to expect. It's not going to happen, but, it's also you got to read the room of what's going to if you have to rely on that that's not a, an advantage the flyers are going to have on their roster uh, unless the top 6 the rest of the players are playing in full force and that hasn't been happening night in and night out but it's been happening at least the last game and a half or so i would say it comes down to one thing vinyo said Put on your hashtag big boy pants. Right. Yeah, that's really it. I mean, I, as soon as you find out Coots is done, I just you, everyone else just puts on their big boy Next pants. man up. Next man yeah. up mentality. That's what you got to take. Look, he's your best player, your MVP, your top center. Your guy who plays 200 feet, has an amazing skill set, drives a lot of plays, sets up a lot of plays. Legitimately your best player. I would say maybe a little over Giroux at this point because he's playing center. Your most important player for sure, um, you step up, you rally up. It's a team game. One player can't carry a team. If one player can carry a team, Connor McDavid would win the Stanley Cup every year. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny yep. Malkin, Alex Ovechkin, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane. I can go on. I can go on, but it, it's not. It's, at the end of the day, you need all 16 forwards and you need all – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you need all 12 forwards and all six defensemen pitching in and your goaltender so that's what it comes down to so you might have to make some systematic adjustments a little bit um you're not going to look like you're playing as fast you're going to play a little more patient but hopefully he's ready to go hopefully he's ready to go maybe this is something that it might be just something where he can needs a day off to kind of make it go and hopefully by saturday he'll be good to go it'd be good to see it back you would really need his contributions in a game seven but if he's just joining because it's a game seven situation. He's not healthy enough. That can be more of a hindrance. So, um, flash have an important call here. 
but they've set themselves up. And at the end of the day, the rest of the guys put on your big boy pants. Let's go to game seven and let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, so 7.30 Saturday night. Uh, it's going to be Varlama versus Carter Hart again in this thing. Uh, unless something catastrophic happens on the Islander side. I'm not even going to think about the uh, Flyers not playing Carter Hart. But, like, so what's your I, prediction? I think, Are we- I think Vigneault's going to throw a curveball and throw uh, and throw Brian <laughs> yeah. Elliott in there. Yeah. After after two stellar performances, why not? Watch, change it up, right? Hey, just give the kid a break. He's played like pretty much. He played almost a, a game and a half tonight. You know, just uh, over. Could you imagine a being a Carter Hart in that scenario, like being called into into Vigneault's hotel room in Toronto and be like, "Listen, kid, um, we're gonna go with uh, we're gonna go with with Brian Elliott tomorrow night." Uh, in game seven, I feel like everyone would understand if all of a sudden we hear that Vigneault was thrown from the balcony of his hotel room by a 22 year old <laughs> Carter Hart simply because when, when he just Carter Hart just stands in the hotel room and go and the police come and they're like, hey, what, what what's going on here? He goes, he told me I can't play in game seven. Like that's that's exactly every, they would be like, oh, yeah, that's stupid. What what the hell? All right. We'll, we'll see you guys on Saturday night. Have a good night. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll rush you the next day so you can go win your game tonight. Right. So you can yeah. Go. yeah. 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 I, I you know oh, it, it wouldn't surprise me with the way he's challenging some of these calls and then putting them right the flyers right on the penalty kill after after a goal. Whoever decides, I don't know if it's Mike Yo, someone up in the box somewhere that's not on the bench that's reading the replays. But do you remember reading that story? I, I, I the the Eagles did this and Doug Peterson. They hire a specialist to buzz down to Coach Peterson and say, "Hey, challenge that play. Don't challenge that play." Hire that guy, Vigno. Like your challenges, especially tonight for that goaltender interference, was mind-boggling. Like it's yeah, a tie it, game at that point. You, I, I'm under the mindset of you're not, you're tied, and that sucks. You're not losing. You eat the bullet and you play a tie game. You reset it to zero zero, and you see what happens. Like that's yeah. that's what you got to do. You can't be you can't be fooling around here because let's be honest. Yeah, it's nice that Scott Lawton got that tying goal. But you're playing with fire when you take a bad challenge like that, and that's the oh, end, and you lose. Yeah, it. they said, and the Islanders scored on that power play. They would go up three yeah. two. They scored two. They scored three goals in a matter of three minutes. Like mm-hmm. you know, that's a quick strike team here. You can't give them anything to go with. Now, granted, the Flyers were exceptional on the penalty kill tonight. They can't get anything going on the power play for whatever reason. It's dog shit again. But uh, it's still you, you can't. You can't do that. You and I would. I'm glad that tonight I didn't see as much where he was responding with the fourth line after they scored a goal. Because look, Nate Thompson played a pretty, a pretty good game tonight. Overall, the fourth line didn't look like they were too out of place. But still, I, I, those are the only things I've really come to question Vigneault is that the challenges and that fourth line response after every time they score a goal. So. Um, yeah. Look, uh, at, at this point, though, we can't complain because he's got the team all rallied down the three one. So we're nitpicking at this point. The only thing we can do is just hope he doesn't <laughs> challenge a call in Game Seven and get it wrong. So um, I, I feel yeah, like he's unless it's absolutely egregious. If it's a questionable call at most, I I think he's going to swallow because I think he, if if he is as good a coach as I expect him to be, I don't expect him to challenge a call unless it's absolutely clear cut that they made a bad call, whether it's an offsides, whatever it may be. I'm confident that AV realizes the situation at hand and just lets it go. Yep. I agree with you. So what's your, before we wrap up, let's wrap up here. Saturday night, seven 30 
Game seven, the best two words in sports. Game seven, Flyers versus the New York Islanders. What's your official prediction here, Scott? I want you to go first. We're going to go to overtime again, and the Flyers are going to win. Because that's just how this is going to go. They've won three of their games, all three of the games that they've had to win against the Islanders in overtime. If they're going to win game seven, why not continue that theme? Let's all have a heart attack. Let's all go to triple (laughs) overtime. How about I called single overtime the first time, double overtime tonight. F it. Go balls to the wall. Triple overtime win, 3-2 Flyers. Well, here's the thing, Bill, my prediction. Uh, I am a man of conviction. I make a prediction. We for it. I, I stick with that prediction. I am going to say the Islanders' best game was tonight. But I'm going to say a variable. If Couturier doesn't play, if Couturier doesn't play, yeah, I say Islanders three, Flyers one. If Couturier plays, I say Flyers two, Islanders three. Okay, so they just get an extra goal if Couturier is in the pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much all it is. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not budging off my prediction. I think I overall, that. you're right. You're, you're the Islanders are the better team. Do I hope the Flyers win? Yes. If I'm looking at this logically, do I expect them to win game seven? It really comes down to if Couturier plays because it does make a difference. I don't Huge think difference. The, the, the Islanders, like I said, I've said it a couple times, that I think the Islanders' best game in this series was tonight. I really do. I don't think you'll get a better game out of than that, but it doesn't mean they can't come out and repeat it. And if they catch the Flyers where Varlamov is actually on his game and he actually plays pretty well, um, they could they could eke this thing out, but it's yeah, going to be just interesting to watch for sure. Yeah, because like we said, it, it, it you, a goalie's uh, confidence can be shaken by the end of a streak, but the next night he could pick it up again, and then all of a sudden he's on a hot streak again, and he's shutting him out uh, for a game and a half, and that and and that's the end of it. So yep. it can go both ways with these goalies, and that's what's so unique about it's the most unique position in sports. It's the most isolated, it and it's the most unique. So that's what makes it like the Varlamov we faced, the Flyers face tonight might not be the one that they face tomorrow night. He's spinning yes. on his head yep. and stopping all those shots. It depends so. on what headspace he's in when he takes that ice, and that's really what comes down to. Look at the end of the day, uh, do do I do I hope the Flyers pull this out? Yes. Do I think that they have the momentum and everything on their side to pull this out? Yes, absolutely. I'm just saying uh, from a perspective because I'm sticking by my prediction that the Islanders will win this. Um, I'll just put it this way: I won't be upset if I'm wrong. Of course not. Right, because yeah. not only does not only do the Flyers keep going, the, the we have these live reaction podcasts that yeah. have been a huge hit for all you guys, and we gr- appreciate you greatly. By the way, yeah, thank it's you. looking like there's not there's not going to just be two game sevens uh, for the NHL leading into the East, the conference finals. Vancouver's up three nothing on Vegas, oh Vegas right now with God. ten left, ten minutes left in the game, and. Oh, they're up. Nope, never mind. They just called a penalty. I thought they were about to go on the rush and make it four nothing. But like the Tampa Bay is sitting pretty already in the Eastern Conference Final. But all which these other a, players, all these other teams are going against seven. Yeah, which isn't a good thing for them. It's not good for Tampa. And it's not good. Who's the other team? Oh no, uh, yeah, the Tampa's going to wait. And it's not good that they've been waiting this long. It's been a week almost. So yeah. um, it's not a good thing. So that's uh, but that that, yeah. that could play. Whatever team comes out of this 
they're getting the advantage against Tampa because they've had that tough situation and it's going to take a little while for Tampa to get going, but we'll, we'll talk about that on Saturday night when that, you know, when we find out the result of what happens in this series. So um, that'll be, that'll be fun, but it's great. You know, the interesting thing about Vancouver and Vegas is, is that there's been such a goalie controversy in Vegas for no reason at all. There's it been, really has been no it, reason. There's been no reason for a goalie country. You have two good goalies out there. It's because, oh, Mark andre Fleury, he's, he's been there. He's not starting. Okay, Mark andre Fleury now at 35, 36 next month. I'm sorry, in November, excuse me. Uh, that's not the same Mark andre Fleury as 2009 or 2013 or 2017 Mark andre Fleury, okay? He'll be 36 years old. You have Robin Leonard, who's just about 30 years old, who's a much better goaltender. There's no controversy. He's the better goalie at this point. But then on the other side, you have Jacob Markstrom, who is arguably the uh, the Canucks MVP this season. For whatever reason, he's just deemed unfit to play. He's not even backing up Thatcher Demko, and Thatcher Demko's stealing the show, who's going to be a stud goalie if they don't trade him and keep him over Markstrom. So, um that that's a crazy thing of what's going on over there. That series, they're trying to find drama out of everything, out of all the goalie controversy in Vegas for no reason at all. It's just I feel like it's been a huge distraction for that team who should be, with all due respect to Vancouver, while they're scrappy, they should have been blown out of the water by Vegas by now. And credit to the Avalanche, too, who are going through some real goaltending problems of their own. It's weird how this all comes down to goaltending, right? It's the most yeah. important position which is a, in the playoffs. Which is, a, which is a good sign for uh, Carter Hart and the Flyers for sure because of how Carter yeah. Hart's been playing compared to the rest of these guys. Right, but here's the thing. Like, you know, in game one, I believe against um, uh, against uh, Dallas and, and Colorado, I believe it was Ben Bishop who started that game. It might have been Bishop. Bishop started that game against Philip Grubauer. And then Phil Grubauer got hurt in game one or game two. Dallas lost one of the games, so they went out and switched to Anton Kudobin. They railed off three straight. And now, because Pavel Francouz, who was not playing as well for them, they brought in Michael Hutchinson, a journeyman, who played for a bunch of teams, played for Winnipeg, played for Toronto. A fringe NHL backup, more of an AHL-type starter, played like the game of his life in game six to force a game seven. So... It's just it's crazy how much the, the goaltending can mess with a team with all this stuff. Yep. I, I've I've never in my life in my life I've been watching hockey for God knows how long twenty five years now. I've never seen the goaltending rotations like it's been this year. I mean, every single team that's in it right now has done some sort of rotation. Uh, I don't know if it's the back to back with the Flyers did with Elliott and Farlamov and Grice, but the goalie switching in and out from. From Markstrom to Demko in Vancouver to Leonard and Flurry in Vegas, then you have Bishop and Kudobin and in, in uh, Dallas, and then you go from from Grubauer to Francois to Hutchinson in Colorado. I mean, seriously, it, like nowadays it's such a plug and play position. Before you would never think of not starting your starting goaltender in a playoff game outside of yeah. an injury. So it's yeah. the craziest thing. It's a great. Yeah. I mean, I remember the days where you had like, you had like Grant Fuhr would be the run guy, and all of a sudden he gets hurt. It's like, oh my god! Like you know they're in trouble. You know, Curtis Joseph started every single game. You know what? Whatever Flyers goalie they had at that time, whether it was Sean Burke, Robert Esch, John Van Beesbrook, Roman Checkmonic, he was starting every game. Uh, what's another one? Oh, I've got a ton of goalies around. And Mike Richter would be another one. Always started the games. Dominic Hashik, the Patrick Waugh, the list goes on. Martin Brodeur. You'd never bench any of those guys and put them in in a playoff game. Why is it happening now? It's crazy. 
Yeah, speaking of that, actually, do you know who uh, – we'll wrap up on this. Carter Hart's now already at the, in the top 10 of Flyers in all-time wins for the playoffs. That's, that's terrible. You know how terrible that's that is? Absolutely a, terrible. so bad. Like, he's a long way away from the Hextall and the Bernie Perrons because they have like oh. – I think Perrons leads the lead. – I think he – Perrons definitely the uh, leader, obviously. I think he has 45 if I I – I don't – I had it in front of me and I, I saw it on Twitter. But like it doesn't matter. Like just the fact that he's in the top ten for Philadelphia Flyers goalies in all-time playoff wins is absurd and embarrassing and also amazing at the same time. Like yep, good for him at 22 years old to be able to say he he's already there. He'll easily pass Hextall at that one point in his yep. career. He easily yep. will. He's going to be here a long time. It's good to see finally have stability in the position. And, and hopefully, the same guy he's going to beat is the one who brought him here and. Thank you, Ron Hextall. I'll tell you what, you know, I'm not trying to look too far ahead, but if this team sometime, not maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but sometime down the line, if they do happen to win a cup with this squad, you better damn well give Ron Hextall a ring and say a big thank you because it was really him who put the Flyers in this position to succeed. He may have been a little gun shy of trying to get him over the hump. That's why Chuck Fletcher is here. But, you know, Ron, you, you, Ron Hextall wouldn't be in this position right now, but we, the Flyers wouldn't be in this position going to a game seven like this uh, if if it weren't for the guys who are currently on that roster that, that Hextall assembled. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's a good spot to wrap this thing up. So game seven, Saturday night, 7.30. Let's all enjoy our heart palpitations again tomorrow. Or excuse me, on Saturday. Well, I guess it is tomorrow because it's past midnight. So anyway, like it's it is, again, as I've said, the best worst feeling you will ever have. And it's dialed up to an 11 when we're in a game seven scenario. So let's all enjoy this together. No matter what happens, this has been a hell of a season for the Flyers to overcome everything that they have dealt with, including a pandemic, including a player that's come back since December from cancer, uh, a goalie that has finally established himself as the number one in Philadelphia. It's been a lot of fun. So give us a follow, Orange of Backcheck at uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, what am I missing, Facebook. Shoot us an email, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. We guys appreciate you. We will talk to you Saturday night. Hopefully all in good spirits. We'll talk to you then. Game seven. Let's go, baby. Bye. You think they have an idea what's about to happen to them? Not a chance in hell.